to another upfront special on the Mumbrella cast, our second last for the run this year. This time around, O Media after its Outfront event last week in Sydney. No more waiting around this morning, let's get straight into that interview now. Here it is. Kathy O'Connor, CEO of O Media, welcome to the Mumbrella cast and thank you again for joining me. Thank you for having me. So you flipped the script uh, yesterday with an, instead of an upfront, you presented your outfront um, with the pretty significant slate of what's, what's to come in 2023. How, first of all, how do you think it went? So we had fun. We had fun making it and we had lots of people give us a lot of good feedback about some of the new announcements we've made. And it just feels really great to be out in market talking about out of home and O Media. That's um, there's a great story to tell there on both fronts, and an out front is a really nice way to really make that statement to market that there's a lot going on, and there's a lot to be positive about. There's a lot to lean into, and I think we 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 told those messages well, and I think they were also well received. It's not something that O Media has done in the past, um, and it's not something that's widely done in the out-of-home sector, um, but we do know that the, the format itself is pretty popular with other forms of broadcast and so forth. Yeah, well, I was going to ask that before we kind of get into the actual um, depth of what you presented. What was the sort of, I guess, impetus to to go ahead with a, an upfront? Because, you know, there has been some commentary about as you say, some of the traditional players that do present an upfront that's sort of expanded very much this year. Was it sort of a case of, you know, the last couple of years we've had a lot of developments and now we have a lot to go to market with as in particular the out-of-home sector returns quite strong uh, or is this going to be a yearly thing from now on? Well, it's a combination of the, the two years of very little communication uh, from from media more generally, and I think I think we know that out of home was um, you know pretty pretty impacted by the by the pandemic, and that period is sort of well behind us. And we felt it just the moment called for a step change, a step change to say look at what's happening out in the world. You know, society is resetting. Uh, we're moving forward with lots of optimism and you know, enthusiasm for the outdoors and that really plays into the strength of our medium. And then coupled with that own media, we've had a lot of changes of business and we've been building our plans over the last 18 months and we're really at a point now where we're fully, you know, engaged in all of these strategies that have been in development for some time and we're having a great time. We're enjoying telling the story. We think the sector is really well positioned for the future and is doing a lot of things together yep. and so there are great stories to tell you know on both fronts both sector and company and we felt it was um you know a showcase or an out front was warranted to really sort of make that signal to market there's a lot to come yeah and you know people i think really felt that the timing for them was great as well you know they uh, increasingly you can see in in the SMR data in particular, that out of home is really outpacing other mediums in terms of its growth. And so people are interested. They want to know how can I be involved? How can I jump into that growth and, you know, do new things, uh, you know, take great ideas to clients, innovate. 
and grow with you. I mean, that's really why you do something like an outfront. Here's how you grow with us. We're growing and here's why and here's how you grow with us. Yeah, and I think over the course of, you know, what we've seen so far, it does seem like out of home is one of those sectors where what you can actually present to clients and the capabilities that you've got is probably progressing at potentially a faster rate than maybe some of those other ones. So I think a good place to start would be um, with uh, Rio, your new retailer media business. So as you kind of spoke about in the presentation, the market is uh, it's a fast-growing one. It's grow. It's filling up very quickly. At the same time, PwC has predicted that retail media spend will hit two billion in the not so distant future in 2025. Some predict that to be uh, even more than that. Um, obviously, got the major players, Coles and Woolies, with their um, respective setups, and then other independent players emerging as well. Could you start by, I guess, telling us a little bit about what the proposition is? at Rio um, and why I guess your already strong out of home position will aid this launch. Sure. So Rio has been set up as a service to brands and partners uh, that are looking uh, for an easy way and a turnkey way to set up their own digital out of home screen network. So this is really broader than retail. It's actually more about any brand that has a presence, uh, a physical presence, be it in store or branches. And, you know, there are many, many categories beyond just the retailers themselves. So I think telcos, financial services clients, um, you know, petro convenience clients, many, many different forms of partner that we would be talking to that really do have, you know, their audiences and their customers moving about physical environments. And when we've sort of been talking and looking at these emerging spaces and often talking to these brands about their advertising, it became very clear to us that part of our core competency as a business is building digital screen networks. It's what we do every day. And when we approach a commercial tender for for a contract for assets, we're doing that on two fronts. We're doing the building of the digital network and the revenue that we can deliver as, as, as the media side from the media side of things and so really Rio is just a I guess a decoupling of that it's a capability we already have Um, our ability to design build procure um, it's really part of the side of the business that perhaps the media aren't as familiar with which is the infrastructure and property and logistics side of an out-of-home business so we have deep capability in being, being able to bring you know, an owned media channel like screens to life. Yeah. And so the ability to pivot into a service provider to brands is a very easy one for us. And not only one that is is intuitive and, and natural to us, but one that, uh, you know, we're dealing with brands we're already dealing with on the marketing side. So it deepens that relationship as, a, uh, as O-Media being both a media channel but also a service provider. And so Rio is the service provision of digital screens to brands that are interested in building screen networks. The building of them is the first part. What Rio also does is leverage all of the expertise we've we've built up in how you use a screen network. So we can serve content into those spaces, be it news, weather, um, sporting results, uh, we've done, just done a deal with 
broad sheet to give sort of local event and lifestyle information and so forth. So we can do that into physical premises. The way the intelligence we've built up around mapping transactional and first party data to screens, that technology and that that capability can very easily be applied to a brand with its own first party data. We can map that data to screens and show people through smart reach how to use that data more intuitively. So the messaging to a screen network may vary by geographic location, uh, by product, by time of day, by any adaptive cue that a brand may want to use within a store environment. So these things are, are things that we do. Um, 3D anamorphic technology, if it works in a, on a screen in a physical environment, all of those things are capabilities that we deliver every day on the media side of the business. And so really this is just an expansion of uh, the services that we provide and it feels like a very fertile place for us to to play uh, and really we ended up here because conversations with our existing advertising clients are broadening out in this way yeah and so we thought uh you know being proactive about that is probably one of the most obvious opportunities given you know the growth in this particular type of media product yeah, it's interesting. You, you kind of said um, it's impossible to ignore the rise of uh, uh, retailer media, but then you're already sort of sitting on this um, gold mine in a sense in terms of those capabilities you've already got. Um, have, have you already been having any discussions with clients in terms of, uh, you know, they were looking for some of these services? Um, and I guess, is there any indication about um, where and what the, some of those um, locations will be when it's rolled out? Uh, yes, we have and are having conversations with with companies, corporates that are in this space looking to experiment in this space or in this space not that successfully and wanting to rethink, reset and look at, at what best practice might, might be. So there's several conversations going on and when we have um, partnerships to announce uh, to Marketplace, we'll, we'll be doing that you know, in the very near future. Um, but it's a really exciting space. It's fast moving. Uh, the beauty is that we are already set up in this uh, in this particular area of owned media, screen networks. It's what we do. So it's not taking a, a manifest sort of effort to to actually talk about our capability yeah. and how we might how we might work with with partners in the area. Um, and, and then before we just move on from retail media, I'd be keen to get your perspective um, on in in that same area, the Cartology's acquisition of Shopper. From your perspective, what do you kind of make of the deal? How do you think they can sort of leverage it? And I guess, do you think uh, it will be a successful one for all involved? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think it's it's been widely uh, talked about and uh, and reported on. I mean, that is just a, a, a retailer. Um, you know, seeing the the power of uh, sort of um, out of out of the um, retail, so looking beyond in store media to out of home more broadly, and seeing its powerful combination. Um, you know, I've always been of that view. So you know, we effectively in our retail business are about the path to purchase. Uh, we don't operate inside the store. Uh, we largely have mass reach products within retail centres and in the suburban precincts that lead toward retail centres. So my view is always that in-store media and our 
retail media um, are perfect complements to each other. And it's one of the reasons why retailers are large advertisers in retail out of home. Um, so I think one plus one equals three here. And therefore, my view is what's the opportunity for us to partner uh, with retail in all its forms and, you know, many conversations going on in that regard. And so so moving on, um, there was the discussion of polygraph uh, and the, I guess, uh, creative effectiveness and poly, which will be led by Neil Ackland. Um, you've got this creative testing capabilities. It would be really interesting for you to, I guess, explain a little bit further in depth how exactly the creative testing will be done and I guess what some of those um, data-based creative insights are exactly. Sure. Um, So for the listeners, Polly was and is the creative services and innovation hub that we set up earlier this year uh, after we divested of junky digital publishing. Uh, The reimagination of our creative studio services at O and the junky creative team is Polly. And so Polygraph is one of the first innovations we've released to market from Poly. And it really is trying to take a leadership position uh, in the sector around creative and what works creatively. And, you know, this is one of the holy grails of -of out-of-home advertising. We know from analytic partners modelling that creative is 41% of the ROI of an out-of-home campaign. So as a market leader, everything you can do to prove and educate around creative effectiveness uh, grows your business, grows the sector, improves results for clients and gets out of home a greater share of wallet, which is really what we're pretty passionate about doing. So Polygraph was, again, uh, a way that we saw uh, to build on our data capabilities where, we've be, where we use transactional data to, to map effectiveness in out of home. And we've been doing that with various ways of buying out of home, showing the effectiveness at the cash register using transactional data, both bank, banking and retail data. So we, uh, we basically with the same concept said, well, let's have a look at what happens to the cash register with various creative executions. And to this point, we've tested 130 uh, creative campaigns and that database is building all the time. And we looked at various creative executions and those that had the biggest impact on sales uplift across a range of categories and a range of different advertisers. And so Polygraph is a predictive tool about what makes the cash register work um, relative to what you do with your creative. So we know, for example, that um, retail brands that use full motion video on our network have a 187% increase in buyers. So full motion video is an absolute driver of sales. Um, We also know with street furniture that um, using fewer colors and fewer words with vehicular access street furniture, um, again, gets a disproportionate increase in sales relative to other ways of reflecting a message on a bus shelter. So this is now, really um, a source of truth around creative execution. Uh, The way we intend to use it is to work with um, our brands and our our existing partners on their creative campaigns to help post-analyse those campaigns using transactional data uh, and in many ways working with creative agencies that are interested 
perhaps to test ideas, to post test ideas, um, but we actually have a, a building source of truth now with Polygraph that gives us a lens on not attributed recall, not attributed um, behaviour, but actual sales behaviour. So it's a pretty powerful tool. Yeah, I think I love that one. I think it said um, the le- less copy words was it works. Was it six words? I think was the uh, the ideal number for uh, for a driving past um, billboard. Yeah, so brands that featured a larger logo and less than six words yeah. um, were easily visible and therefore a 206% increase in the number of buyers on the campaigns that we measured. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it'll certainly be interesting to, to, I guess, see how that creative does change as brands start to, I guess, uh, take on your consultation and, I guess, work that into their creative. Um you kind of spoke about creative there being, I think it was 41% um, of in terms of the most important factor. It would be interested to hear sort of what you think now are the most important factors that contribute other than creativity to out-of-home effectiveness. So we have a very strong view that the best way to, to use out-of-home is to think I don't, I don't think we'll ever say don't think format and location because it's one of the attributes of why people love out of home. They they imagine themselves on a, a sign like the Burke or the silos and they, they want to be there. So all of that, um, you know, passion for, you know, being up in lights is is very much one of the drivers of, of, of interest and, and, you know, in, in the channel. So we don't want to do any less of that, but we ha- have increasingly very strong data that says when you plan to an audience in out of home, you can often leverage a better result across formats, across both classic and digital, and often end up with superior ROI. And so, you know, I think as we move further out in out of home, people may come and say, I'm thinking about a billboard campaign. And in every case, we're always going to respond to an agency or a client brief. But we might also be able to provide a better way, and that's where better ways to buy comes into it, where we say, well, if your audience is actually soft drink, soft drinkers of carbonated soft drink, let's have a look at where they move and how they purchase and where they over-index and what formats they're, you know, they're more, um, you know, they're more frequenting and, and, and how that purchase behaviour links to actual uh, assets. And... Actually, when you take that audience lens, you're often getting, uh, in terms of transactional data, a much higher result, higher recall, higher sales at the cash yeah. register. So we think audience um, is the way that digital media is bought. And as we become increasingly digital and out of home, uh, we think that the, the great education for the market is in this audience-based approach to what we do. Um, of course, there will always be format and location briefs and, you know, we're happy to, to work with those as well. But often one plus one equals three. You may say, I have to be on these four sites and that will form part of your campaign, but let's think about the rest. What is effectiveness? What is really the drivers? Where are the buyers of the products you're advertising? How do they move? What formats does the data tell us are the most valuable? And perhaps look at, you know, a way to think format, location and audience. So I do think that's going to be, you know, one of the big drivers of how we transact into the future. Obviously, programmatic is very much a part of uh, everyone's plans in out of home, making the medium 
easier to buy is of great appeal to many parts of the buying community and you'll increasingly find both supply and diversity of out-of-home products available to be bought programmatically. So that is a big driver of growth for us. And then I think all the cool stuff that you can do with digitisation is also a, a really big driver of out-of-home growth and that's about dynamic targeting, it's about creative campaigns in real time, uh, it's about things like 3D anamorphic technology, yep. ways in which our assets are really coming to life uh, in a way that they never could before digitization. And we've found that we have built significant tech in real-time uh, content uh, and targeting, um, you know, transactional data, 3DA, um, all of this tech uh, expertise that we've built up through our own journey as, as own media is really there to be shared and, and, and is really there for the market to, to to embrace and work with us on and and help us to innovate together. So that was the core message from the out front. There is so much here, so much to do. No one brief will look the same. Let's talk uh, about how we can really start to transform out of home with all of these new attributes that it has. And I think they're underutilised by the market. And, yeah, uh, the, I mean, there was quite a few things in there that um, I've wanted to touch on. I'm trying to figure out what, what the next step should be here. I think let's just cover off programmatic quickly because you've announced um, that you're adding in um, office and retail sites to billboards and street furniture, which was announced last year. Um, can you give us an idea of, I guess, overall uh, within the O Media Suite, um, I guess, what percentage of buying can be done programmatically um, currently? And if I guess you've got any aims or am ambitions to, I guess, get to a certain point in the near future. So we're uh, being quite considered about our move into programmatic. We're big supporters of the channel and we know that it appeals to, you know, a large percentage of digital buying customers. Some of them aren't traditionally heavy users of out-of-home, particularly in that omni-channel environment. So we know that it's a new channel to market and we know it's a new channel to new customers. So we're being considered because we have a lot to consider as own media. We, we operate across nine different formats, um, 10 of you include our in-flight offering through our Qantas partnership. And we have a lot of uh, understanding of which formats and which types of inventory you know are of most appeal and uh and are best traded programmatically versus traded in other ways so obviously we're using all of our main formats in there now um, we have obviously large format street furniture retail and increasingly more aspects of our retail environments and we think there's enormous potential for the office environment in programmatic uh, we're taking those learnings from other countries where we are seeing a lot of growth in programmatic revenue in the office environment. And that's because it's a very hard to reach business customer uh, and bought programmatically against, you know, really defined uh, narrow targets. It can be a high effective channel to market. And so, you know, there's a lot to test and learn from. We're going to see a steady increase in programmatic as a percentage of our revenue but I'm not setting an actual destination because I think that destination is driven by the response of, uh, you know, a lot of the early contemplations that we're making by format, by, you know, uh, and, and, and with every sort of month that we're, we're progressing along that path. Um, you know, I think programmatic 
in many cases um, opens up an addressable market that not just out of home but established media are not playing in and that's the 60% of the market that is digital media. Yeah. And the more digital we become, the more we can um, be measured on an impression basis and the more integrated we can be into the buy side tech in all its forms. So whether that's DSPs or agencies' own uh, technology um, or, uh, you know, or, or, or even a self-service capability you might build uh, for the, the longer tail of, of smaller customers. There are many, many sort of ways into programmatic. I think we say, I said it on a range of things at Omedia, one size fits none. What we've sort of learned about in our tech journey is that you need an adaptive approach to technology and having the breadth of assets as we do. Uh, the first port of call is being able to organise your data and your inventory in a way that it can be integrated seamlessly into any number of different buy-side um, uh, realities. And that's what uh, we were, you know, clear about yesterday when our Chief Technology Officer, Matt Yelovich, was on uh, in the upfront with us talking about some of these things that we're doing at the back end to become that really easy to integrate, um, uh, sort of broadly available um, set of, set of um, assets you know, in a digital environment. And then um, just to kind of tie the knot on the sort of creative uh, part of the out front, um, you spoke about it a little bit already, the um, kind of increased rollout of your anamorphic 3D technology and capabilities. Um, It'd be interesting to hear you just talk a little bit more about what the kind of opportunities you will be offering partners and I guess um, what sites and at what capacity because, you know, we in Australia, maybe more so than other markets, we're only really just seeing it sort of dip the toes in in that space so far. Yes, the, the, there are only f uh, a couple of sites in Australia where it is technically, um, we're technically able um, these are out-of-home sites, sort of outdoor sites, um, only two where it's possible, and they're both in Omedia's portfolio. And obviously we're looking at any opportunity to, um, to, to find more sites where we can do that, but we're very respectful of the planning protocols of uh, all of the authorities that control these decisions, be they road authorities or councils or so forth, um, and they're largely pedestrian um, accessed signs that uh, that have this capability at this point. And I don't really think that's going to change. Um, but we've got a lot of you know interesting pathways that we're exploring to try to find more opportunities to to introduce this type of technology to to what we offer. In the meantime, um, there's still several opportunities to to be involved in this, in the sites that we do have, uh, and we're building that capability internally of uh, educating around 3D anamorphic creative, what the best uses of it are, and I think you've probably seen some of the social media attention that these campaigns uh, yeah. attract. So they really do transcend out-of-home advertising. They become content in their own right and they're incredibly powerful, which is why there's so much interest um, in it. But really the point for us at the moment is continue to do what we're doing. We are the only out-of-home operator in this space uh, the, the full motion video capability in 3D is the point of difference that we have. So we're going to continue to work with that. Um, we've got demand 
right through to 2023 on the sites that we have, but we're educating all the time. So totally open uh, for those conversations. Um, bring us into your creative meetings, uh, talking with brands about what's possible with the assets that we've got while we look to expand the reach of the network that we've got. And then on to the sort of last of the core announcements, which was the um, expansion of the partnership with News Corp. And then you mentioned already the partnership with Broadsheet and then also Tennis Australia and the Australian Open. Uh, this obviously follows on from the existing one with the AFL. Um, could you tell us, I guess, a little bit first about how you are activating these partnerships, how you've already been done doing so with the News Corp and I guess how you can leverage those assets? Yeah, sure. So there's a lot going on in content at O-Media and really our business, uh, you know, we have a lot of assets in a lot of areas as, as we've talked about and that's one of the, the beautiful things about our scaled proposition a lot of our environments are place-based environments and part of the service that we offer is content into those environments. So whether it be office towers, airport lounges, cafes, venues and so forth. So we're always looking to provide the best quality uh, customer experience that we can for our commercial partners. And in doing that, you're increasing the connection to the assets and the panels that we have and therefore they become more compelling as advertising channels. So that's the base proposition. It's both uh, creating a public space asset that is of value to a commercial partner and creating a more powerful advertising opportunity for a brand. So really coming into the business uh, and in this era of poly and post the junkie divestment, we've really start to, started to ask ourselves, well, what does best practice content in out-of-home look like for our media? We absolutely, because of our scale, have the right to play there. And we've started to think more strategically about our business as a platform, a platform for content brands to take real-time messages to their consumers. And in the process, we get to create that public space offering that's very important to our commercial partners. And so thinking about our news offering, uh, we spoke to a number of, you know, the big Australian news brands and, uh, and really found News Corp to be the most uh, capable and ready partner to really be able to sort of dream big with us in content. So while we have, of course, news.com.au, we have the Australian, uh, we're also using perhaps some of those more um, contextual, contextually relevant environments in News Corp down the track. Think about delicious and cafes, for example, where we're going to be really able to customise content you know, in a more bespoke way into some of those place-based environments. So it's just, uh, you know, an amplification of the capability we've always had. Um, it's an improvement of the product that we offer, both to advertisers and to commercial partners. And, you know, like all good partnerships, one plus one should equal three. So I think News Corp is a really great example of, you know, how we're taking content to that next level. Yeah, advertisers. Equally, I'm wondering just just on that before we go into the other partnerships, Kathy, will, will there be any sort of editorial consultation involved in that at all? What what will that look like? When you're dealing with our environments, you're really looking for headlines, news headlines. So um, you know we have a, a pretty uh, defined list of what constitutes early general news. 
obviously at both the News Corp end and the O Media end, there are editing staff that are responsible to operate to a content brief. And so, um, yes, it is a it's a it's a it's a, a well thought out, um, deliberate content strategy that's right for you know those dwell times that you have in an elevator or an office tower. So no one content uh, brief will be the same. They're all customised for the environments that they're in, but they all lean toward headline news and information, yep. not necessarily granular uh, editorial content. Um, and then, you know, the Australian Open Partnership, in terms of, um, I guess, dealing with the those opportunities that you mentioned that will present for some of these advertising partners how will that will, will that be going through the Australian Open or through you direct yeah so so Aussies love sport so to my point about content sporting content and live scores are really powerful things in, on the mobile platform and we saw the opportunity to take them you know live scores to big screens and you know in talking um, initially to the AFL about this, you know, it was just, you know, something that they really lent into. They saw it as an innovation to the way in which they've traditionally um, broadcast live scores, which has all been mobile. Yeah. And it was almost instantaneous that when we went live with the AFL, we had other codes approach us saying, how do we do that? And it really gets to the real-time uh, nature of digital out of home, which is not just uh, a weapon for a content business like a sporting code, but it's a weapon for an advertiser as well. So the ability to use live data to change your creative message using whatever contextual trigger you might want to is a really powerful thing that is becoming increasingly possible in all forms of digital out of home. And we think that the live score concept in sport is a really good uh, way of demonstrating that capability. And of course, there's a lot of tech that we build that sits in the background that allows those data feeds to appear in all of those environments, be they portrait, small format, large format, place-based. And we can apply all of that to brands now as well. So it is a really great emerging area. It's one of the reasons why digital out of home is in such high growth. And you're yeah. going to see more of it the further out we go. Yeah, it's uh, a bit tricky to go and put a poster up of a big game score the next day, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> There'd be a lot of putting it up and taking it down. You certainly couldn't do live scores. Uh, um, yeah, you kind of mentioned there. You mentioned there, Kathy. Um, after the start of that AFL deal, um, it does look like you're sort of building this sports pillar already with those two pretty significant deals. Is there anything you're looking at next, or what is to come next in that? in that um, pillar? Yeah, there's. we just announced the Australian Open, uh, yeah. which, which goes online in January, and there'll be a couple of other big ones next year um, in discussions now. Nothing to announce, but um, assume that if it works well for one big sporting code, it may well work well for others. And um, I, I guess it would be, it'd be great to hear there was very much a focus on um, O's digital first future. Um, and that, that obviously being the direction the the company is is taking itself in, outside of the announcements that we've heard um, yesterday and that we've spoke about today, what do you think O still has to do in order to to get to the point that it's working towards with that digital first future? So digitization for us is both uh, about the assets. So obviously continuing to digitize key sites 
that we feel, uh, you know, warrant warrant conversion from static to digital. And there are many of those. And uh, I think most out-of-home operators would be, you know, seeking to upweight those large road sites where they can. Um, we're under-digitised in small format in some areas, particularly in street furniture. So you're going to see... Uh, you know, new innovations around street furniture and further digitisation and a higher percentage of our street furniture properties being digitised and equally in the retail environment, which is probably more digitised than street. Um, and, you know, retail partners particularly want to keep innovation going and, uh, and we're working really well with many of our bigger partners on what's next in that space. So further digitisation of assets is absolutely front and centre to a digital future yep. and the digitisation of trading. So whether that be programmatic or whether it be the ways in which that we're organising our assets to integrate more directly into some of the agency platforms that are emerging and, of course, the arrival of MOVE 2.0 in 2024, which will absolutely transform the way that the media is planned and bought. It'll give, uh, you know, seasonality, hourly data, buy asset, by format across metro and regional. It will be a fantastic lens on the breadth and scale of opportunity and out of home. And we're just looking forward to being able to sort of educate and learn from that with the marketplace and our experience tells us that innovations in measurement always play very well into sector growth. And so I think that, you know, that is a big part of the digital future, digital trading and move 2.0. So plenty uh, <laughs> is about digital first future. I will say that when we say digital first, that's not to minimise the power of static inventory. Yeah, uh, We have a large uh, plant of fantastic classic assets which uh, offer a different utility to an advertiser. Uh, they offer 100% share of voice. Uh, they are the, the the domain of brand fame and they're really well-liked and, and, and loved by many of our uh, clients and will continue to be so. And one of the things we'll continue to, to remind the market is of the power in the blend. And all of our modelling shows that when you blend classic and digital, you have that share of voice with that real-time adaptability and more tactical use at times of digital um, is, is the most compelling thing for an advertiser. So we're always going to be advocating for a blend where it makes sense. Um, some of our advertisers are only static advertisers. They like the certainty of yeah. 100% share of voice um, and many are only digital. So, of course, there isn't a one size for every advertiser, but... There's still a big future for static, and uh, that's why we'll continue to operate great sites. And of course, from a from a consumer perspective, you know, sometimes some of the most creative work comes from those static sites because you really have to, I guess, work harder for it in some instances. And you know, that's evidenced uh, at many of the award shows that you go to. Um, we speak about assets. Um, any you've got your eyes on on the horizon? Any uh, contracts that are coming up? Well, as you know, we always get asked that question and we never answer it because those things are commercial <laughs> and in confidence. Uh, but obviously we're a, a, a mass reach uh, out-of-home leader. We want to be in any environment where there's a big audience and where it makes sense, given the breadth of the assets that we do have, where it makes sense to our portfolio to build audience in a place we don't have it or in a, in a desirable market or a geography, we'll be right there. 
And um, just lastly, Kathy, the last month has seen, um, as you would have read, a lot of uh, attention put on that QMS rollout with the city of Sydney. Um, just be keen to get your thoughts, I guess, if, if it were you in charge, what you might have looked to have done differently. Not really my place to comment on uh, contracts of any other company or any other uh, uh, environment because really we don't have the detail of that. We, yeah. You know, and, and so it would, it would not be professional of me to make any comments at all. You know, what I would say is that, you know, the way that out-of-home works when you're building assets in any environment, be it an airport or an office tower or in a, in a city street, you know, these things are big uh, enterprises. They're well planned out and thought. There's a lot of governance that goes into the work that any out-of-home operator does. Uh, and so, you know, I think those questions are more for, for, for the individuals involved. But, you know, for the most part, uh, out-of-home provides significant civic value to communities and public spaces and does a great job of funding local councils and providing shelter and, you know, keeping uh, keeping citizens moving through their environments and informed. And, you know, there's a lot of good that happens. Uh, and I think that ultimately that's what people should remember, that the assets are there. Um, they help councils to, to, to keep their environments clean and safe and, you know, providing the right services to ratepayers and out of home is a big part of the ecosystem, and that ecosystem works really well um, the majority of the time. So I think that's my message: is you know this is a, this is a very good value exchange between out of home and commercial partners. And uh, I think that you know anyone looking at any one contract and any one company should always stand back from it and think about uh, what a great industry we are and what we contribute to the public space. And my view is it does as our statement of. Uh, purpose says we make public spaces better and that should always be the ambition and I think it is for anyone working in out of home. Well Kathy, it's been uh, great having you on today, appreciate your time um, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, good to talk. And that's it for this Mumbrellacast Upfront Special. We'll be back tomorrow with regular programming where you'll hear from MNC Saatchi CEO Justin Graham. Just one more to go with SBS after its event later on today. But for now, thanks again to Kathy and bye-bye.